You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So today was a little bit of an oversleep, so it's going to be, um, we just got to fly a little bit here. We got no time for playing games and messing around. Got to get, got to get straight into it. So I'm, I'm just giving you facts today. We have got no time for any tomfoolery. Today was a lunge out of bed, drink ice-cold instant coffee, stumble downstairs in the dark, and start spitting facts. That's it. That's all we got time for. I'm sorry. But uh, there was quite a bit to talk about, so hopefully we can at least... I'm going to do my best to just state information, move on to the next item. We'll see how that goes. If you are not yet in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group, make sure you do that. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. If you want to help out a little bit, leaving a five-star review, whether it be on iTunes, Stitcher, Podchaser, wherever you find a place to do it. Podcastreview.org. I don't, I don't know. Poke around, see what you can find. I'm sure it helps something somewhere. Also, my ego... Which, although it's probably not a good thing to feed, it is free. So, there's that. The not free option would be patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. But it's the more fun one. It's fulfilling, right? Makes you feel good. Because <laughs> you're giving to charity, basically. Giving to the needy and the less fortunate. And that's always good. It also got giveaways. And it helps the show as far as, you know, being able to buy stuff. And if you haven't noticed all the... Uh, advertisers have abandoned me. I'm hoping it's just because of this sickliness going around and not because they just realized this is not the kind of show for me. No, it's it's because the football season is, is done. But unlike most people, I do like money. So if you have some, and like, you know, like a dollar, you can go to patreon.com. Thank you very much for your time. Um, I think that's it. Let's take a break. We'll come right back and see what's going on around the NFL. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. 
So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So I get the distinct impression that most Packer fans are not happy. There's, there's battles going on no matter what move it is. No matter what happens, there's one side that says, this is not bad for the Packers. And the other side that says, this is bad for the Packers. But there's really no side that says, boy, oh boy, tell you who's killing it right now, the Packers. And that's fine. I'm not complaining. They're doing what they can do with their available resources without doing what the majority of teams in the NFL do, which is either be dumb or reckless. I don't think they've they've made either of those mistakes. They're just not super exciting us. <laughs> that's that's all it is, and that's we, we just got to settle into that because I don't think that's coming. It might. There's still time, right? You're seeing other other teams, and we'll talk about it, other teams that are making certain moves, which frees up money, and then they go make more moves, and then they free up more money, and then they go make more moves. But you also have to remember that this is not a, you know, quote-unquote, making moves is not just a magical thing you do in which you make money disappear. You're just shifting it and making things worse later. Now, it's not always worse. For example, we've got guys like, oh, I don't know, David Bakhtiari that I think are severely underpaid. And so if we give him an extension and a pay increase, we're not hurting our team because we're probably just paying a left tackle about what a left tackle of his caliber is worth. In the process, however, we can actually free up money this year. And because of the continually rising salary cap, it doesn't actually super hurt us as much as as we would think. So things like that are possible. Trades are still possible. Cuts are still possible. And there is still a little bit of room for a signing. I would just be surprised, especially if we're talking about a big sign. A little one, maybe. Another, you know, $2 million cap hit this year. But in terms of doing anything giant I don't think so but that I guess the reason I bring that up is for every bit of news it's it's I also try to gauge you know how I when everybody's super excited I usually kind of reel everybody in a little bit I don't even know which side to take on these things because everybody's just all over the place but let's start with the fact that Mercedes Lewis was re-signed and there's just I I didn't see much of it because my bedtime is like four (laughs) o'clock like an infant taking a nap not literally, but, you know, there's there's just an explosion of thoughts that take place when things happen. And there was a lot of, yay, he's back, he's a great leader, and an occasional, you know, I shouldn't even say occasional. The, the general information, which was false when we signed him the first time, it was false even when he was with the Jaguars, that he, he is and always was and always will be the greatest blocking tight end of all time. That's something that's burned in people's heads, that if they don't listen to this podcast, they just keep saying it, and they refuse to stop saying it. He's just not, at this point in his career, he's not even that good of a blocking tight end anymore. He's just not. So that's, again, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm happy. I like Mercedes Lewis. For what he is, considering the lack of depth, which if we want to take that negatively, it's the lack of ability to replace. But let's also remember... Brian Gutekunst has had two years, and when you factor in the amount of time some of these guys take to develop, we can't 100% put this on on uh, Brian Gutekunst for, their lack, for the lack of replacement. This is going back three, four, five years. Those guys, those draft years should be coming in and filling in these holes, 
and there's nobody. So this we're still kind of feeling the aftershock of poor drafts by Ted Thompson. Not having tight ends to fill in as tight ends, so we have to keep guys like Mercedes Lewis around. Not having a tackle that can come in and replace Brian Balaga, so we have to bring in Wagner. Not having a linebacker that can come in and replace Blake Martinez, so we have to go out and get Christian Kirksey. So these are not ideal situations. This actually reminds me a little bit of the uh, 2017 season when we lost a lot of pretty good talent and then Ted Thompson went out and got all downgrades. You know, when we went out and got Ricky Jean Francois, Quentin Dial, Jari Evans, Martellus Bennett, which was supposed to be the big swing, big swing and a miss. Uh, we brought in Ulrich John. So we... And that, and that was like the big, like, oh, Ted Thompson's going crazy in free agency. What's going? He literally only brought in guys at positions that were cut. I talked about this at the time when I was doing the podcast. I think it was my first year doing the podcast, and and people just wouldn't refuse to understand that he didn't sign a single free agent that wasn't just filling a hole that he created by cutting someone. All right, we completely gutted the offensive line and just patchwork this, that, and the other. And so that's kind of how this feels, where you get to a point where it's like, man, we, we've, these guys have run their course. We've got to let them go. Like, it's just irresponsible to sign them, but now we don't have a football team, and what are we going to do? So it's not as bad as 2017, but it does kind of feel like that a little bit. But the two biggest assets that, um, I don't even know how we got there, but got to tighten it up a little bit here, Pack Daddy. The, the, the two biggest assets we have with Mercedes Lewis, number one is his leadership ability. Which, for whatever that's worth, I don't really even know. It's a lot of talk about it, but, you know, I guess it's a thing. But also the fact that he's very unassuming. (laughs) That is to say, nobody cares that he's on the field, and then all of a sudden when he slips out and catches a pass, he's probably going to be open, because nobody's even thinking about covering Mr. Mercedes-Saurus. And look, he, he he is a decent blocker. You know, he's just not as good as everybody wants him to be so when you for example when you filter some things out Mercedes was the 15th best pass blocker by the way if you remove the filters in other words you don't count snap counts guess who is the 12th overall of all tight ends best pass blocker in the league Mr. Jay Sternberger Mr. He Can't Block I'm just saying man he's scrappy Um, but then Mercedes again filtering out the guys that didn't play very much was the 10th best run blocker so he's not the best in any one category, but he can do both. But also the bigger issue, I think, for him is that it's not super consistent as far as being every year. The year prior, um, he was not very good at all. His overall grade as a pass blocker was 49, and his grade as a run blocker was 59. That was his worst blocking year ever, but not his first year being not great at blocking. So it's it's a little bit of inconsistency there. But anyways, hopefully at uh, year 36, Mercedes has still got a little bit left in the tank and can teach the young guys some stuff, and you got the leadership aspect. Either way, when we're struggling at tight end, I am not at all opposed. And and this is the biggest difference between Mercedes Lewis and Jimmy Graham. Mercedes Lewis is paid appropriately. We gave him a one-year deal worth $2.25 million. I'll, I'll take that all day. Leadership, experience, and blocking ability for $2.25 million, all day. It's the Jimmy Graham for $10 million thing. That's the problem. And I think that's kind of the bigger issue with the Packers. They take such big swings at tight end. And there's such swing. The position in general is not actually that expensive unless you have a superstar. And we keep paying superstar money to guys that are not even good at all. 
And I know it's hard to find good tight ends, but man, we just tie up so much money in the tight end position and we get no production out of it. Let's just, let's take a break. And I'm kind of glad we're just taking a break from that. Let's get away from it. Two million to Mercedes. Let's see what Jace can do. Maybe we'll take another swing in this draft. And at the very least, if we don't have tight ends, guess what? It'll be like every other year in which we don't have productive tight ends, except we're not paying $50 billion to tight ends. So there's that. Uh, Mr. B.J. Goodson is officially gone. Um, I don't know that that was... I mean, I shouldn't say it wasn't in question. It it obviously was some kind of a question. And um, I had mentioned that B.J. Goodson, in my opinion, I, I, I think that's just how I kind of view Christian Kirksey was similar to a B.J. Goodson. He's not a top-tier player, but he's somebody that at least can come in and play and, and whatever. But I would feel a little bit more comfortable if we had Kirksey and Goodson. But again, I, there, there's just no doubt in my mind linebacker is still a, a very big priority. They got Kirksey. They're letting B.J. Goodson go. I, I know they like Oren probably more than a lot of us do, but I still have to believe that linebacker is a top priority. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to draft in the first or second or whatever because I don't think they're going to be irresponsible. That is to say, if there's not a, a linebacker that they like in the, at pick 30, they're not going to take a linebacker. They may trade back, if there's and, and that actually would make a lot of sense from the standpoint of let's say either they don't like um, Murray or Queen at 30, or they're both gone, which is probably the more likely scenario. But there's a big pile of linebackers that they do like as second-round talent. You trade back a little bit into the second round, guaranteeing you get one of those guys, because just numerically, like there's seven that we like, we move back four spots, somebody's going to be there, probably most of these guys, because it's not going to be all linebackers that go. So that, that would be a scenario that would work. But in other words, what I, what I don't want is if they don't take a linebacker in the first two rounds, I don't want to see you said it was a priority and it's not. Well, it might have been. It just didn't board just didn't shake out the way you want, which is why you get a Christian Kirksey, by the way. You really, really need a linebacker, but you're not going to do the irresponsible thing and take somebody that's not a good value. You're not going to take somebody that you don't think is a good pick until mid-second at pick 30 just because we really need a linebacker. That's not how you do that. You just say, well, we didn't get a linebacker. Let's take somebody else that's a good value at 30. Hopefully there's one available in the second round. And if there's not, guess what? Moving on which is why the mock draft things get so annoying, because whenever I do a mock draft, I try to stick to a board. And people lose their minds like, oh, they would never, they would never. Actually, they would. In my scenario, if this is the board, I think I'm correct and you're wrong. Oh, they're definitely taking a wide receiver. They're de- they have to. No, no, listen to me. They don't. There are certain teams that would do the irresponsible thing. There's no question. But even at that, you trade back. Which is the other thing I try to do. If, if it's we, we really have to take one of these two positions and they're not available, I'm looking for a trade partner. That's how I do my mock drafts. So the point is, there's no guarantee, but that, that's my caveat to the point that I still think they very, very, very much want a linebacker. I think they want a linebacker much more than they want a wide receiver. I know a lot of people are telling you that Christian Kirksey is actually a very good linebacker, and there's some statistics you're hearing on other podcasts about how he's one of the best coverage linebackers. At least that's what I'm hearing from people, that apparently that information is being floated. The only thing I want to address on that very quickly is this. If you have to put in seven qualifiers to find a good statistic, so let me give you an example. If I say I have the greatest podcast in the history of the world, you would say that I'm a liar. If I wanted to prove that I was the greatest podcast in the world, 
One thing I could do is say, I have the best podcast in the world when you factor in people from Wisconsin who are 33 years old, who live in Madison, that are married, do their podcast in their basement, right? The more stuff you add, all you're doing is eliminating other things and adding variables to try to twist the numbers so that you're the top. So when you start hearing, when you factor in this, 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 he's 11th in coverage. Dude, no. No. That's just not how you do that if you want to do it honestly. That's all I'm going to do. We'll cover him more in depth again because we keep hearing this stuff. What I want to do is talk about statistics and then, you know, grades, and then look at other things, too, outside of PFF, to try to give you a fuller picture of the two guys we acquired. Not because I want to trash them, but I want them viewed appropriately. That is to say, I like them, I'm glad we have them, I think they were good pickups, considering what it is they're trying to do, which is to patch holes, but we did not pick up elite football players. And since people want to keep pushing that, we'll cover that more in depth, but we have more things to talk about not related to those two guys over and over and over again. So, B.J. Goodson's gone. Linebacker is still a very big priority, and I do expect that to be drafted. I, I, I would guess it's going to be a selection in the first two rounds, which really just means I think it's going to be second round, whether we trade back or just take them in the second round, only because just I still feel weird about taking a linebacker in the first, for the Packers, that is. However, Queen is there. Kenneth Murray is there. Maybe. I don't know. Um, as far as I had mentioned the compensatory picks and was hoping that we would get some real big goodies for Blake and Balaga. I don't remember if I 100% went over this, but Blake is a fourth round pick. Brian Balaga, we're getting a fifth round pick. I, I guess the reason is one of the, we don't actually know what the formula is for compensatory picks, but over the cap has got this thing so pegged that basically they do know what it is. And I guess one of the factors and the reason Brian Balaga is a fifth-round pick instead of a fourth-round pick, despite being just about the same amount of money that Blake Martinez got, is because he's got 10 accrued seasons. And so if you're an older player, apparently there's a the, the best you can get is a fifth for him. So we did get that fifth for him. We got a sixth round for Kyler Fackrell, and it's sort of a to-be-determined for B.J. Goodson. I don't know if we have... Don't know if we have details, but the Cleveland Browns picked up B.J. Goodson and were hoping that they massively overpaid the guy. I'm sure they didn't, but it would be awesome if they did because then we get even more for that. But I'm I'm guessing it's not going to be more than a 6th or 7th, but it would be just glorious if they gave the guy like an $8 million contract or something ridiculous. I dream, but I'm pure of heart. In other news, this is a little bit older, but I just never got to it yesterday. Morgan Burnett was released... I only bring that up because he's a longtime Packer, very good football player. Not necessarily saying I want him because I don't. We don't have the money and, and the need, but um, good football player, and I hope that he gets picked up somewhere, if he even wants to. I don't know. Um, other Packers news, I think this is the last. I'm trying to – I didn't organize this because I'm very short on time. But there are rumors, not that it means anything, but there are rumors, and I didn't verify what exactly it means, whether that's speculation from somebody that they might be or phone calls are being made. But there's talk the Packers are interested in Delaney Walker. Now, I don't know if this is pre-Mercedes Lewis. Maybe they were pondering this. Not saying they would be opposed to having multiple older, over-the-hill veterans because we know that they're not opposed to that. But, um, look, I, I, I had mentioned that I'm not super opposed to the Delaney thing. As far as older veteran-type guys, you know, 
maybe, but it would have to be a Mercedes Lewis type deal, and I don't think he wants that kind of money. I mean, this this would actually be very much like a Jimmy Graham type of signing. The, the guy has been a very good football player from about, basically since he's been in Tennessee. Uh, he did not have a good run in San Francisco. He went to Tennessee, kind of started off a little bit slow, but starting in 2014, which was his second year with Tennessee, he kind of took off from then through 2018. And then obviously there's the issue of snap counts. Um, you know, the last time he played a full season was 2017. We're talking 232, trying to do math in my head, 232 snaps the last two years. So, I'm, I, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm all the way out on Delaney Walker, but I'm, I'm very, very close to out. Again, if we're going to offer him a $2 million contract, which I doubt he would accept, for $2 million bucks, I don't mind getting a half of a season of, you know, Delaney Walker. If we can squeeze a half a year and hope that we get 2018, 2017, 2016, you know, pretty much every year that he's actually started, hope that he's still got a little bit of that juice left. Because he is still, I mean, has been when he's healthy, which I hate saying that, especially when you're a 35-year-old guy who hasn't been healthy since 2017. But when he's healthy, he's still one of the best receiving tight ends, or at least he was if he still has it. But back-to-back injured seasons, when you're 35 and a half years old going on 36, you have to wonder if there's anything left in the tank. Because the age is beating you up on one side, the injuries are beating you up on the other side. I just, I don't know, man. I feel like we should have learned our lesson by now. Let him go. I know there's not an older guy who's a tight end that used to be great that the Packers don't like. If you used to be awesome at tight end, I mean, I'm surprised we haven't uh, taken a swing at, at Witten or Greg Olson. Just We, we just got to let it go. So I'm hoping that's all nonsense speculation. We signed Mercedes Lewis, gave him the $2 million, and we're just going to go from there. But we'll see. I don't know. Man, I am almost out of time already. we got to do rapid fire. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, Game Pass you probably saw is completely free, so make sure you go to gamepass.nfl or whatever it is and go watch things because guess what that makes you? employees of the Packernet podcast there's no pay but um i can offer you a free game pass no but it'll it'll be very good because there's a lot of hot takes and there's as the podcast facebook group is growing it's starting to turn into every other podcast facebook group in which people just don't like each other which is unfortunate but it's the nature of being in a facebook group and i'm assuming everybody will grow up and get over it but what i would ask is that if you're going to make a definitive statement I don't really care. You do what you want. You're a grown-up. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you're 13. I don't. I have no idea. But if you've got some kind of a hot take about a player being good, great, terrible, whatever, just, just do something. Just go watch it now. Now it's free. Now you have no excuse. Go develop an opinion by watching them. Not highlights. If you like somebody because of highlights, I don't care. Go pick three random games. Just go stare at them and see what you think. I promise you, especially if your opinion is based on people trying to hype a guy up and highlights, you are going to be very, very disappointed. But just go do it. And if you don't want to be that, there's got to be something you can do with Game Pass, right? Point is, I want your input on something. So that's your assignment if you should choose to accept. It's your mission if you should choose to accept. Pick somebody, anybody, somebody that you want um, in free agency that's still a free agent. Go watch them. Find a game in which they were really good, somebody that you don't like, find a game, and just contribute that in the group. Because I think people appreciate that opinion more than just blanket statements of, if you don't agree with this blanket idea that I have, then you're all dumb. 
Nobody likes that. Not everybody's as dumb as you think. Maybe they just thought about something you haven't. And maybe they just didn't think about something, in which case, this would be a good time for you to get Game Pass, prove your point, demonstrate it to people, be the instructor, be the teacher. Trying to bring the people back together, man. Game Pass is going to save us. Put it to good use. All right, very, very, very quickly. Um, Let's start with the Bears getting foals, because we have to talk about that. I did mention that that was a distinct possibility several days ago. It was apparently that the Jaguars are not trading foals. It's not a thing, but I said we got to talk about it anyways because it just makes too much sense. Uh, Matt Nagy and Foles have been together for a very long time. I think I said with like three different teams they've been together, and so they're reunited once again. Foles is another one of those interesting things where some people are way too low, low on them and some people are way too high on them. Most people are too low on Foles, and I never understood that. Most people just think he's a joke, and I don't get it. He's always been kind of a good football player. He's always exceeded expectations. I mean, his first stint in Philadelphia, I remember that was, I think they were going through like a bout of injuries or whatever. It was 2013, and he came in and just tore it up. Then um, I think he went to the Rams. He didn't do super great there. Then he went to Kansas City. Didn't do a ton there. I mean, he was fine. He's great at out fine. He just didn't play very much. Then he went back to Philadelphia, completely tore it up, so much so that he literally won a Super Bowl. Then he goes to Jacksonville. His first game is against Kansas City. He gets a 91 overall grade. So it's not like, oh, he got replaced by Minshew. He's so trash. No, he had a 91 overall grade. I'm not even going to look it up. I'm willing to bet he was the highest graded quarterback in all of football week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. Then he was out for the rest of the year for the most part, came back toward the very end. And he had an average game, he had a great game against Tennessee, and then just a garbage game against Tampa Bay in which he only played 27 snaps. I don't know if he got hurt or benched or what happened, but, you know, almost the same thing happened with Rodgers. Remember when he got hurt? He was out basically the whole year, and then it was like, oh, man, maybe he'll come back and we'll win this game. And it was just the worst, one of the worst Rodgers performances we've ever seen because the guy was out all year. So, you know... That's the one aspect of Nick Foles. He's nowhere near, I mean, he got like a $21 million deal with the Jaguars, and everyone's like, oh, the Jaguars are so stupid. Why would they do that? Like, dude, first of all, $21 million is not even like big boy money. At, at a very basic level, if, if this is a definitive, he's our guy for the long term, it's going to be a five-year deal worth at least $30 million a year. He got, what, a three-year, four-year contract with, ja- with the Jaguars for like $20, 21000000 million? That's like a, eh, maybe kind of a contract for a guy that just literally just won a Super Bowl, which acting like that's not a big deal, by the way, is ridiculous. It was actually two years before, but those last two games were one of the best two. And it, it's not like he got dragged against Minnesota. He had a grade of a 93.8 overall. And then against the New England Patriots, the New England Patriots, a grade of 92.3. I don't know if they win if they have a different quarterback there. I don't know if they even go to the Super Bowl without Nick Foles there. So, I mean, he's not perfect. And he's got a lot of bad games. You know, the previous games, Atlanta, Dallas, and Oakland before that, he was garbage. But he's got a lot of good games, and he's got these occasional just freakishly crazy good games. So am I more worried about him than Trubisky? Of course. His overall grades the past few years... 56, not great his first year with Philly, and he didn't play very much. Then 78, that was the time when he took over in Philly. Then 65, then 59, that was with the Rams back when the Rams were garbage, so that was not great. Then he went to Kansas City, had a grade of 67, which is average. Then in Philly, 73 and 76. And then Jacksonville again, I mentioned what had happened there. So he's he's okay. 
Now, I'm still I'm still relatively happy about it because the Bears are spending a lot of money for this guy. And so they're throwing away more draft picks and they're throwing away more money trying to fix their team through free agency because that's just how they feel like you need to do it, which is exactly the wrong way to do it. And so on one hand, the hate for Nick Foles is too much. On the other hand, the oh no, we're doomed, the Bears are just killing free agency thing is also nonsense. The Bears are just a joke. They probably got, in my opinion, the best of all the quarterback options between him and Dalton and whoever. But Nick Foles is not just some kind of freak that's going to come in and just, you know, be the presumably not going to be just this freakish guy that's going to tear everything up. And the other take on this that I don't necessarily like is the the Bears are just a quarterback short of, of everything. I've been one of the biggest anti I led the anti-Trubisky train last year when everybody said Trubisky was getting better. Remember that? Not after last year, obviously, because this is after last year. The year prior. Everybody said he got better, and I said, no, he did not get better. If anything, he got worse. He's a terrible quarterback. Oh, no, 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 Trubisky's taking a step. If he takes one more, blah, 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 blah. So I'm, I'm not a fan of Trubisky. I literally spent about an entire week trashing Trubisky. Turns out I was correct. But as the leader of the anti-Trubisky train, let me also say that the Chicago Bears team is not just a quarterback away. That was true maybe two years ago. This is not the same team as the 2018 Chicago Bears. Their new defensive coordinator having also lost several players, and every single person on that team regressing means they're not the same team. They've also lost additional players. Their offensive line in 2018 was one of the best offensive lines. They no longer are. Not only have they lost pieces, but the offensive line is becoming actually kind of not very good at all. They don't have an answer at running back. They had Jordan Howard. They decided to get rid of Jordan Howard, draft somebody else who's not as good. Their freakish once-in-a-lifetime safety, turns out that was just a flash-in-the-pan thing that's now done. As I expected, he's back down to normal. Akeem Hicks is back down to just being good, not great. They lost Kwiatkowski. Their corners went from being amazing back to being just not super great because, you know, again, Vic Fangio kind of just made that a thing, and that's not a thing anymore now that Vic Fangio's gone. So, again, the idea that all they need is a capable quarterback and they'll be boom. I mean, it's we're all in trouble now. No, dude, the rest of the team is struggling. By the way, have you even listened to Bears fans? Bears fans want Matt Nagy gone yesterday. I don't know if I agree, but they're completely beside themselves with the lack of, you know, I guess creativity or play calling or decision making based from Matt Nagy. Now, I again, I didn't sit down and watch every Bears game, I guess, close enough to, to fully say I would agree with that. I like Matt Nagy. I thought he made 2018 a better year than it was, than it should have been by, you know, kind of using creative things to make Trubisky look better than he was but they're ready to run Matt Nagy out on a rail and let's not forget their GM who is just destroying this team so no I'm not on that bandwidth could they be of course Nick Foles could make this a much better team but the point is they're going in the wrong direction and we can't continue to think of this team as 2018 but just with a bad quarterback and if they just get a new quarterback they're potential Super Bowl caliber team here sorry I don't buy it now, if the corners get better and if the linebacker, you know, if Roquan takes a big step and the safeties improve, you know, it's second year with the defensive coordinator, although we say that kind of stuff all the time and very rarely does it mean anything, right? Second year in Mike Pettin's system, second year for this, second year, oh, it's, it's going to be better this year, and it's just nothing changes. Occasionally something changes, but I would say nine times out of ten, it's the same old story. We're just dreaming that that's going to be some magical formula. Just get tired of saying that. But anyways, that's the Nick Foles thing. Um... The Detroit Lions are absolutely going nuts. They're signing quite a few people. The Lions went out and signed Desmond Trufant, who is a solid corner, but I'm still kind of confused by it. 
Desmond Trufant is a 28-year-old former first-round pick with solid speed that played for the Lions that is a good, not great player. That's what he is. He's a good, not great player. Darius Slay is a 29-year-old former second-round pick who runs almost the exact same speed, 4-3-6 is roughly what uh, Trufant was, who also is a, it's hard to even say good, not great. He, again, he had a really down year, so if, if it's just a matter of because he was so terrible this year that they're just thinking he's completely done. The problem is there were talks about him them trying to get rid of him yester year, I guess. But Darius Slay, and I, I've been, you know, at the front of this whole, he's not as good as everyone says, but he's he is very good. And he's graded out much higher than Desmond Trufant has over the last, uh, since we'll say 2015, maybe even going back to 2014, just with one really down year. So I just, I don't, they just don't like Darius Slay. I don't know what it is, but they want him out. And uh, even Darius Slay said, congratulations to Trufant. Hopefully this means I'll be getting traded soon. So he wants out bad. Maybe that's just what it is. It's a clash. They just don't get along. We've seen that a couple times. There's talk about maybe that has something to do with Hopkins leaving the Texans. They had a clash. Who knows what the inner workings are, but they want Slay gone bad. So, you know, as much as we look at, oh, Desmond Trufant, now the Lions keep getting better and we're not doing anything. I, I, I just see this as they're downgrading Darius Slay slightly. Otherwise, it's kind of the same guy as Darius Slay. Because, I, I mean, they're not keeping him. The only question now is, are they going to have Trufant and Jeff Okuda, and then they got a really solid duo going. But um, it's not a super expensive deal, two-year, $21 million. I guess that is a decent amount. So, $14 million guaranteed. The Lions also went out and got Danny Shelton. Now, I, I was on the record saying, I don't think the, the Patriots are going to let Shelton go. He's a good player. They got him for cheap when the Browns were just cutting everybody. It was, but the the Patriots are just, they seem depressed, you know? They're just like, they don't care anymore. They're letting everybody go, and the Lions are just scooping up every former Patriot they can find, the Lions and the Dolphins, who are both former. How embarrassing is that, by the way? I, I would, if I was a former Patriot coach, I would do everything I could to not pick up Patriot players just because that's a shot to my ego. Like, what, what, I can't find my own talent? I got to go get Bill Belichick's talent? Don't you want to break away from that? Like, the only reason that I'm even getting a head coaching job is because of Bill Belichick, and you're just proving that by just scooping up all the guys that he got? Granted, you were probably in the rooms when the determination was made that this is a good player to pick up. So I see it from that angle, but, man, that's just, that's embarrassing. But uh, Danny Shelton is a good football player. And they continue to try to bolster that defensive line. They keep throwing stuff at that. It's a pretty cheap deal, two years, $8 million. I'm not going to lie, I uh, 100% would have been in on that. If I'd have known that it was two years, $8 million, I would have been banging the, the drum for him to come over. But doesn't seem to be the, the type of defensive tackle the Packers like anyways. He's more of a short and stout, you know, nose tackle type of player. And that doesn't really seem to be the Packers' N-O, or MO anyways. And then finally, the Minnesota Vikings did go out. Well, they did two things. They cut Josh Klein, which shocked everybody, for a team that is desperately trying to build an offensive line. I mean, he's 30 years old, so maybe it's just one of those prudent kind of moves, but they didn't save very much money. He's not a good football player, but, I mean, he's a starter, and it's not like they have a backup that's going to fill in and be better. So, again, they're just, they just got holes everywhere, and they just created a new hole, and they saved almost no money doing it, like a million and a half or something. I don't know what it was, but it, it, it was not much. Again, Klein is not good, but it's just they just they just keep getting worse, and I love it. However, some bad news: they did sign defensive tackle from the um, the Baltimore Ravens, Michael Pierce. It's a three-year, twenty-seven million dollar deal, so that's pretty big money. 
nine million bucks a year for a team that's I don't even know who's cash strapped anymore. There's so many things going on. I don't even know. I know a lot of Packer fans liked Michael Pierce. Again, he's sort of a he's he's six foot three forty. The Packers are never gonna go get Michael Pierce. The Packers want six four three hundred, not six foot three forty. They just don't like big nose tackle types. Beyond that, I, I think the hype for Michael Pierce I I shouldn't say that. Michael Pierce had a very big down year this past year. And for a down year, I mean, he was graded at like 70, so still relatively decent. But first of all, he, he's strictly run defense. Strictly. Again, six foot 340. He's not providing you very much by way of pressures. This year, he had a pressure rate of 5%. That's, that's absolute garbage. So he provides nothing by way of pressure. He's strictly a run defense guy. I'm guessing he's going to be a rotational player. He's not even going to be an every down player. However, 2016, he was graded at 80. 2017, he had a grade of 86.9. 2018, a grade of 91. So as far as run defending nose tackles go from, tw- you know, roughly 2016 to 2018, he developed himself as one of the best in the business. Now, again, two points. Strictly run defense, rotational, meaning he's not every down, and very big down year this past year. His overall grade was a 69.1, which was his lowest ever. So Baltimore decided to move him. The Vikings decided to, you know, it's almost the exact opposite of what the Packers did, right? You look at guys that didn't start off very good for three years, and then that fourth year, boom, massive, great year, and then they paid. This is sort of the opposite. So I don't know what to expect. I, I think the hype for Michael Pierce was over, way over, overhyped. Um, I wouldn't have been super opposed to it because I, I would feel felt fairly comfortable that he's going to come in and be a stout run defender. Despite his down year, I, I tend to think if you're that talented to be one of the best for three years straight, that uh, you'll rebound from a bad year. And I don't know enough about what he was doing. Maybe they moved him around positionally. It does look like they moved him off a of nose tackle a lot. If you look at 2018, he was a nose tackle almost every single week with the exception of kind of later in the season. They moved him to, uh, I don't know if it's more of a 4-3 a, a look. But the, the interesting thing is that's what the Vikings are. So he's not going to be a 3-4 nose tackle. He's going to be a 4-3 defensive tackle. So if that's a negative, well, then that's kind of the problem. And actually, you can see it. It's, it's, it's not even, I, I can tell you right now, um, the difference if you just sort by position when he played nose tackle primarily, because it'll show primarily what position he played on a week-to-week basis looking at 2019. He had one gr- one game at an 83.5. This is most of the time he was si- lined up as a defensive right tackle almost every week, with the exception of it looks like one, two, three, four weeks. So every week but four. He had one game in the 80s. He was a nose tackle. He had three games 70 or above. Two of them were when he was at nose tackle. His lowest grade was a 62.7. That was in the playoffs against Tennessee at a, at primarily nose tackle. But the, 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 the there's a clear difference between how he performs when he's lined up at the nose compared to playing defensive tackle, which is what he'll be with the Vikings. So there's another glimmer of hope there. But again, Michael Pierce was never going to be a Packer. We don't want six foot, 340 pound nose tackles, even though a lot of us would like a six foot, six foot, 340 pound nose tackle to come in and just stop the run. I don't think we're ever going to get that. So anyways, if I missed anything, I'll try to round it up tomorrow. But um, very, very much over time, so I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good day.